Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Some Finally, other trumpet. a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. It's 2018 already. 2018. I was thinking about that, thinking back to Y2K. We had just moved to Colorado in July of 1999. I came here with my career uh, working at AMR, American Medical Response. Some of you might be out driving or uh, working for AMR around Colorado, and thank you for standing in the gap for us <clears throat> and in our, you know, as first responders and medical professionals. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I was working with AMR, uh, Director of Communications, uh, working with um, the call center there on Parker Road, and we all had to go in to work at midnight because there was the dreadful fear that our computers would not work and we wouldn't have any access to our data and our dispatching and on and on and on. So while my family was ringing in the most important year in my generation, my the one the Y2K, there's never going to be a Y2K and and uh, we're not going to see Y3K. Uh, I, I hope the Lord comes back way before that. But we were there on a conference call with all of our divisions around the country at the because the time was going to change and all the clocks on the computers were going to go haywire <clears throat> and the whole system was going to go down. And what happened? Nothing. And at midnight and one minute, I said, I'm out of here. Computers are good. We are done. Uh, there's no problem. And now we are 18 years later. Hard to believe. That's my frame of reference. 2018. Last time I was with you, it was 2017 here on Calvary Live. So we just want to welcome you, welcome you. You guys on the East Coast, uh, listening on Hope FM, thank you for listening. Uh, I know you're hearing this one week delayed, but uh, we're glad that you're tuned in. If you are listening, you can call us directly at 303 690 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. And you guys on the East Coast, you can call or text during the show. We'll answer the question. Uh, you won't hear the answer on the air until a week following. But you guys here in Colorado, up and down the Front Range, Wyoming, Nebraska, uh, anyone listening online, this is live. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, it has been a couple weeks. We... we had the the, the uh, station, you know, really in the back end, and the church here shut down the week after Christmas, and I had taken some time away to uh, rest from 2017 and prepare for 2018 uh, on vacation. But it's so good. I'm so grateful for everyone that filled in for me on my on my time away. But it is good to be back. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. So we'll, let's just kick off the show with a text question. 
Uh, it says in Matthew 28:18, Jesus says, "All power is given unto him in heaven and in earth." First Peter 3:21 and 22 says, "Jesus has gone into heaven's right hand of the God. Uh, angels and authorities and powers are made subject to him." Ephesians 2 says, "We're made alive together with Christ, raised up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus." Someone used these verses to tell me that Jesus has all authority and power, and that in Christ we have that power as well being saved. Is that true? No, it is not true, partially. So Matthew 28, 18 is true. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 21 and 22 is true. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6 is true. But the conclusion is not. So consider, Matthew 28, 18 says that all power is given unto him, heaven and earth. So who has all power? Let's ask that question. The, question. the answer is Jesus. Jesus has all power. Everything that there is uh, when it relates to power and authority has, is in Christ. And, and all of the rest of that is true. The second part of your friend's answer, in Christ we have that same power. Well, remember, in Christ, number one, we are under authority. We are under authority and we are powerless when we come to Christ. Um, being found in him through our relationship with him, it is true that what, what is his is ours, and, and, and that we have full benefits of relationship when it comes to, uh, when it comes to fi- by faith in Jesus Christ, that we have a relationship with him. But we don't have all power and authority. All power and authority resides where? In Jesus. And so there's a difference between possessing all power and authority and being given all power and authority or to share in the all power and authority. And so we don't have the we don't have the same characteristics of Jesus. We're not sovereign, we're not God in human flesh, we're not in glorified bodies. So anything that we have uh, has been extended to us. It's been given to us as, you know, so you, you know, if we heal someone, it's not our power, it's his power. If God uses us to heal someone, if God uses us to share the gospel, it's his power, not our power. And what your friend has done is twisted it to think that now because we're in Christ, his power is our power in the same way, and it's not. For example, uh, let's use uh, an illustration to try to explain this. Um, I'm a dad, and in my house, I have all power and authority. My son is my son by relationship, and he lives in my house, and he's welcome in my house. And, you know, when I leave and go on vacation and I leave my son in the house, I vest in him all power and authority. Are you with me so far? But is his power and authority the same as my power and authority? The answer is no. I've entrusted to him the care and stewardship of the home. He can do what he wishes with it. But it's still my home. And, and the power and authority that he has that's been given to him is different than the power and authority that I have. So I hope that helps. You didn't, if you want, you can always call uh, and we could talk things through. So 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go right to the phone lines. And pick up with Joy Lynn calling from Evergreen, Colorado. Joy Lynn, welcome to the program. 
Oh, I need, I'm the one that controls the phones. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joy Lynn, welcome to the program. Yes, hi. That was me. I forgot to push the button. <laughs> You're on the air. Uh, well, thank you. Yes. Um, my husband and I just opened up our second restaurant here in Colorado. And uh, to be honest, we're struggling a lot with finding good people to help us um, uh, serve people in our restaurant. And my husband's health is uh, suffering a lot from it because he's been mm. working night and day, night and day uh, with no relief. So I'm concerned about him. I'm concerned about our finances. And I really would love for us um, have some prayers to be blessed with some good people to help us in our in our restaurant. Okay. Uh, do you want to share your restaurant on on the air and just invite someone to apply, or is that how you do it? Do you want to do that? Oh, that would be fantastic. Yes. Um, we just opened a restaurant in Highlands Ranch. It's called uh, Ranch Smokehouse and Grill, just right off Lucent and Highlands Ranch Parkway. Okay. Uh, it's a very nice barbecue restaurant, and we'd love to have um, people apply for all uh, positions. Okay. So it's called, what's the name of it again? The Ranch Smokehouse and Grill. Okay. And we do have a website and a Facebook page if people wanted to find the number that way, or I could certainly give my number as well. Uh, probably not your number, but you can give the, uh, you can give the website. Uh, the website address is theranchsmokehouseandgrill.com. Okay. And grill has an E after spell. Okay. Well, good. Let's pray. Thank you. Father, you know the needs of this new restaurant and this family, and, and you know, God, the, the type of people that, I mean, already, even though we don't know yet, already you know uh, what what relationships need to take place and uh, what how you're going to put the pieces together to get the right people to work uh, and to serve and to be faithful in this restaurant. So I just pray you would do that. We commit this restaurant belongs to you. Um, even though you've entrusted to this family, you, you've, you've, given, you've given them the opportunity to serve you through this. And so I just pray you'd bring the right people, that you'd open doors that no man can close and that you'd even close doors that no man can open and give Joy Lynn and her husband the wisdom um, on who to choose and you know what who who to say yes to who to say no to that you give them discernment god and what's best and thank you for a business that's providing opportunities for someone to make a living uh, and to support their family or or maybe a kid to get through college or spending money in high school whatever it might be god that we just thank you for the resources that you've given to create these jobs and and to provide an opportunity um and so we just lift these things up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank right. you. I appreciate it so much. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Call back and let us know how it goes. Thank you. All righty. Uh, bye-bye. You know, from you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, let's move on to line number two. Is Sarah calling from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for uh, answering Bible questions. I really appreciate that. Great. What can I do for you? Um, can you tell me what you read or what you think about if and when the temple is going to be rebuilt in Israel? Well, all indications point to, on the practical realm, they are ready to rebuild this second. 
And yes. I, I want, are you familiar with the Temple Institute? I am. Uh, and so that would be a practical place that I would point people to for updates and information on a group that is very well-funded uh, and very prepared uh, and, and have all the implements ready in their estimation, in their, desi- in their um, desire to worship according to the Old Covenant, ready to rebuild the temple. From a spiritual perspective, prophetically, there's really nothing left um, other than the, the revelation of the, the Antichrist before the finishing of the temple. There's really nothing left. Um, you know, the, there could even be breaking ground, there could even be process, there could even be, you know, the Temple Institute could be that mechanism uh, that God uses to prepare and get things ready for the rebuilding of the temple, but there's really nothing left uh, prophetically that is needed before the temple is rebuilt. Uh, with the, you know, there's probably some timing issues with the revelation of the Antichrist, um, but I, I think that you could even begin construction without the revelation of the Antichrist. Okay. And do you think uh, do you think they'll actually do sacrifices? That's a great question. You know, they found the red heifer, uh, and they have. If you go, because we're going to Israel in a couple weeks, and we one of our stops is always in Temple Institute, and they'll show you their new mock-up of the of the place of sacrifice that they're preparing. And I think it would be I think it would be a politically incorrect thing to do on their part. You know, as they're as they're weighing their need to worship. Uh, as opposed to the political incorrectness of of open animal sacrifice, but I do believe if they can, they will. Okay, I, the Israelis never struck me as being too interested in being politically correct. So I just wondered if you thought they would actually do that. Well, I can say that I can say that it, according to the scriptures, sacrifice will be reinstituted. To, uh, w- the timing of it all isn't necessarily given to us, but but I do want you to consider the the idea of political correctness as it relates to political Israel, because the invention of Yom Kippur is really a political uh, is a a politically res- uh, correct response to their inability to sacrifice today. So they've replaced it and made it something else. But um, I do think it will exist. I think the Bible does speak of that. Um, and definitely possible. Okay. Well, I sure appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Let's see where we are here. Um, Let me get back to the call screen. Uh, let's see. Line three is David calling from New Jersey. David, welcome to the program. Hey, David, you still with us in New Jersey? Well, if you are, uh, I know you can't hear me because you've hung up, but I'm just. I hope you call back. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting question you have in terms of being. You, it says you're you're legitimately too busy for church and you feel guilty, uh, and so I'd like to talk. That's a good thing to talk through. But I can't really do it from the from the line, uh, just the the call screen info because I really want to know where you're coming from and and really minister to the to the core issue um, that you're dealing with. But it'd be interesting. I hope you call back. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Uh, and let's go to Melissa 
in Castle Rock, Colorado. Melissa, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I'm calling in today for a prayer request. Okay. Um, My son, he's 16 years old, and he's uh, a sophomore this year, and he's encountering a lot of difficulties through high school, um, really social, um, you know, the social aspect of it. You know, now nowadays I realize that, you know, it's, hard to be a kid. You have a lot of pressures from home, from school, Yes, different things like that. So, you know, I my, my son is a wonderful kid. Um, you know, I just see him struggling a lot, and I want him to make the right decision, you yes. know, for himself. Well, you know, he's he's got, he's got a couple things going for him in a real positive way. One, he has a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Um, which is really good, but he also has a mom that cares, and yes. and and that 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 goes such a long way um, that we kind of we kind of feel like the tide is against us um, because the world is just so corrupt and it's and regardless of how people receive this or not, I just know it's kind of a mockery uh, over the years to think you know things are harder now than it was when we were growing up, but it's uh-huh. true. It is so true that the challenges that this generation's facing are, are far greater. Now, it's the same sin. It's just a different delivery method. And right. the delivery method is just incessant. I think yesterday the, the new number for how many hours someone spends on their phone a day is six hours. Yeah. And, yeah. and even if we, you know, even, even if we prevent them from, you know, let's say a parent says, well, I'm not going to give a smartphone to my kid until he's a such and such an age. Um, all their friends have them. Exactly. And so it's not it's not just the piece of keeping something out of their hands or we have to disciple them and de- and de- and develop in them the need to navigate through these troubled waters that they would trust God no matter what comes their way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, you know, last year, uh, you know, he was a freshman and it was just so so much easier. He was to himself. He did his studies and all of a sudden, you know, he got into football and, um, you know, he became more social with a lot of other kids. Yes. And starting to see those, you know, those pressures of him wanting to fit in and, yeah. you know, and also the ups and the downs to it too, you know, I, it scares me to death because I'm not, you know, I'm not around him 24-7 and I wish I could be, um, you know, but unfortunately I can and I all I can do is just, you know, talk to him, communicate with him and, yes. um, you know, let him know that, you know, it, that I'm always going to be there for him. I'm always going to love him no matter what he does, but you know, he needs to take care of himself and look out for himself and, you know, make sure that, um, you know, he, he doesn't get into anything, any wrong, wrongdoings because sometimes those, those, those things you can't take back, you know, you can't, but I, I was thinking, and you, you elaborated on it, but when you first were asking the question, I could sense, I can sense in your voice, and you you just confirmed it that that idea of fear, um, oh, and definitely. and so I want to I want to recommend a resource to you that will help you through this challenging time for you as well, and it's called Grace Based Parenting. Grace Based Parenting. I okay. think the author's name is Kimmel K I M M or K I M E L one or one or two M's I don't remember. Okay. And. And the most, it's a great book, but the most valuable part of that book was the different parenting styles that, 
that he lays out. And one is fear-based, a fear-based parenting style that really just stifles uh, and hurts our children. And I think this would be a great addition for you as you help uh, your son walk through these difficult, challenging years uh, that that you could do so with a with a grace based approach, and that you you would not be gripped with fear, um, but you like you have your whole life, and now in a more challenging way, trust God with your with with your son because really he belongs to God to begin with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Yeah, thank you, Father. We do pray uh, for this family. We pray for this young man um, who's facing new challenges in life and new temptations. Uh, in new uh, people that uh, he's never had to face before, new challenges to his faith, new temptations towards sin, new emotions and feelings, and as he goes through different stages even of his own physical development, I pray that you would keep him strong, God, that he, you would enable him to withstand the attacks of the enemy, like Jesus, you did. You, you did that in the wilderness, so the Holy Spirit led you out into the wilderness, that time of fasting and prayer. He came with this incredible temptation. I mean, the, the devil himself came after you, Jesus. And I pray, God, that um, this, would, this would show, you know, this would be an opportunity for this family to grow, and you'd keep this young man pure, safe, and strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, taking your calls and uh, your questions. We're going to move on to Lori in Fort Collins, Colorado. Lori, welcome to the program. Hey, Lori, you're still with us? Okay, well, I have enough information in the call screen for this one to give a good answer, and the question was, um, brother committed suicide, will he go to heaven? Well, if your brother repented of his sins and was born again, the Bible says that those that are born again go to heaven and that we are not judged by our last act on earth, which is in this case with your brother, was suicide, the unfortunate sin of suicide. And so if your brother was a genuine, true, born-again believer, the answer is yes. And suicide is often um, done in someone's lowest moments, most difficult time. They're not thinking squarely. They're not thinking straight. And they only see one way out. And suicide is, is never the right solution in any condition that God values life. And, and so suicide is a permanent a solution to a short-term problem. And so I would just say for anyone listening in that is dealing with suicide, um, to ask for help. Ask for help. Let the, you know, let, let, let us come into your, into your life and um, pray with you and encourage you to get you through this dark time. So we don't know the condition, you know, of your brother's relationship with the Lord, but um, if... He was a true born-again believer. The answer is yes. 303-690-3000. Lucinda is on line three. Lucinda, welcome to the program. Oh, no. 
Lucinda, I think I hit the wrong button. Lucinda, I'm extremely tired today. So please forgive me and call back. 303-690-3000. Let's go right to Dawn here in Aurora. Dawn, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. It's Dawn. Um, So my my aunt was raised Nazarene and got baptized in the church. And then due to um, abuse that she suffered and other circumstances, she walked away from the church and from God and from everything. Okay. And lived a very worldly life. Yes. And she recently passed away. I'm sorry, Don. I did hear about that this week, and I'm sorry. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to the question of, will I see her in heaven? Yeah, I think that, that your question is very similar to the previous question. Different circumstances, but um, same question in in relationship to, you know, the lifestyle that we see a person living doesn't seem to live up to the lifestyle that the Bible speaks of. And and so what's the end result? You know, there's a couple yeah. things that I <clears throat> there's a couple things I like to hold on to. Number one, we know that God is just. Yeah. And so whatever decision God makes on the matter, when we stand before him, we may not see the justice now or even be comfortable with the justice now, but when we're before him, we'll, we'll be fully satisfied with his answer, mm-hmm. number one. Now, that doesn't comfort us too much for today, but it's a good thing to know um, yeah. for the future. But secondly, let me ask a question to answer a question. And let's go back to the prodigal son. Yeah. Jesus gives us the story of the prodigal son, and many people are familiar with it. A son decides, doesn't want to live in the house anymore, give him my inheritance, and I'm out of here. And he gets to a real low point. He's partying, got a lot of bad friends, and then he's, he's eating a pig slop. Yeah. If that, if that young man died in the pig slop, did he stop being a son? No, never. When did he stop being a son? Never. And so I believe in relationship to people that are born again, when are they ever unborn again? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And, you know, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is never. They're never unborn again. There's never an example of someone being unborn again and born again again. Yeah. I know there's a lot of debate on salvation and once save, always save, all. but that's really not the issue. The issue is the nature of salvation. It's either Mm -hmm. eternal or temporary. And so we could say that if your aunt, you know, and I have to say kind of the way that that the whole question was, was phrased too, Don, we have to be careful uh, just because she was raised in a church and just because she went to church doesn't necessarily mean she was born again. Right. But if she was born again, I don't think there comes a time in her life when she's unborn again. Um, her lifestyle obviously brought consequences on earth. It, it brought mm. distance from God. She lived, even though she may have thought she was happier, she wasn't. Um, it's going to affect eternity. If she's a believer, it's going to affect the rewards um, yeah. that that she will receive in eternity. But... If she was truly born again, she I don't believe you become unborn again. Yeah. Hmm. It's in his hands and I know he's trustworthy no matter no matter the outcome. So. Yes. And these are normal questions, you know, when we lose someone that we love very dearly and, and it's unexpected, at least timely, you know, time wise and yeah. um, these are normal questions and, and I just I I just know that when my loved ones were alive, I trust the Lord with them. And yeah. now that they've passed away, I trust the Lord with them. Mm. It's just a little more painful now. <laughs> yes, definitely. 
Okay. Well, I look forward to seeing you, Dawn. And, I'll be uh, there this weekend. And then getting you back home to your mission. Yes. Amen. <laughs> and where the Lord's using you guys in incredibly, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could think or ask, God's using you guys in New Zealand. Unbelievable. <laughs> to Him be the glory. Amen. I know. I know. Well, we're coming up on a break, but on when I start out the second half, I'll be sure to pray, okay? Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Grace FM, Colorado. Glad you're with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the second half of today's program, Calvary Live, coming to you live from the studios here at Grace FM Colorado. Of course, you guys out on the East Coast, Hope FM, you are not hearing this live. You're hearing it as a one week delay. Um, but if you call during the show, we are in studio. You can get a hold of us. You just won't hear it on the air for another week. So welcome, Hope FM listeners on the East Coast. Uh, we got New Jersey, uh, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. Uh, and anyone listening on the app, and of course, you guys in Colorado, Nebraska, uh, Wyoming, all the way south to uh, the border of uh, the southern part of Colorado Springs. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. 303 690 Text me. Uh, we don't always get to all the texts, so if you did text and you didn't get a response, that's just because we don't we've, we have full lines. Um, but you can text at 720-336-0897, and that's the line. Uh, to get a hold of us here through texting. Uh, before we get into it, I got an announcement I want to make and then uh, take the full lines. Uh, let's just pray for Dawn uh, as she experienced the loss of her aunt. Father, I pray that you would comfort Dawn and the family that experienced the, the grave uh, loss of Dawn's aunt. And Father, that you would bring an encouragement and strength to them and that you would comfort her. Your word says you're the God of all comfort. Uh, you say Your word says that you comfort the downcast, and I just pray you would do that, and that you be glorified uh, through your followers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 303-690-3000. I'm going to move on to line number two is Jonah. <clears throat> Jonah, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for your time. Pardon me? Thank you. You're welcome. What's up? Uh, um, I just have a question. Uh, my question is, who is the true believer or who is the true Christian? Okay. Uh, because I saw people, they do so many things ungodly, but they say they are true Christian, and they say, like, oh, they are... Um, Giver, they, they say like whatever they do for people, they just talk too much about that, and they go to church, they do everything. But when they go outside, they do ungodly things. 
in their life. So can we call them like a true believer or a true Christian? Well, I mean, what you're describing in the people that you see, the people you're describing definitely show signs of inconsistency where they're saying one thing and doing another. Another word for that is hypocrisy. Um, But I I have learned uh, as a pastor, but also as a person, that true believers can do really bad things. Do you believe that? Yeah. And, And so... I don't know the hearts of the people that you're describing. Uh, it's it's really, if I was them, I'd be concerned. Um, I'd be concerned that my life isn't measuring up to the spiritual standard of holiness that the Bible gives. At, at the basic level, we're not even talking about legalism or trying to make up rules and regulations, just the basic, be perfect as I, be holy as I'm holy, Jesus said. You know, what does it look like for a person to rely upon the Holy Spirit and to live a life, um, you know, where the Bible speaks of great, the grace of God is a teacher. And what does it teach us? Well, the Bible teach in, um, um, let me see if I can, uh, the grace of God uh, teaching us to reject, I think is the, no, oh, where is it? Um, The Bible, the Bible says that grace of God is a teacher and... And so what does the grace of God teach us but to live a holy life and to live a life unspotted from the world? Uh, and and it's in, I think it's in Titus. Let me see if I can find it real quick because it's a great question when it comes to this kind of bad behavior um, that you know the, the reality of, of the grace of God appearing to us and reminding us of living a life of holiness and purity before God is so important. Um, Yeah, here it is right here. Um, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. This is Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Teaching us, so what does grace teach us? That we're to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and live soberly, righteously, and godly in in this present age. Uh, And and so the behaviors you describe does not reflect the teaching of the grace of God. But whether they're believers or not, I mean, I don't know. They act like a, a believer. I'm going to treat them. I'm going to hold them to a, a believer's accountability. And if they're acting like an unbeliever, then I'm going to evangelize them. Okay. I mean, they said they are true believers. They go into heaven, stuff like that. But the way they do is completely ungodly. Even they don't mention they are seen and they're going to pray for God. I mean, they're going to pray to unseen. But, uh, it sounds like it's a challenging situation, but I, I really don't know um, their life. Okay. And, and, I mean, and, I saw so many people that not like a couple people. You know, being in so, their life, I'm just, you know, being in, your, yeah, in their life, you're the closest one that God can really use to help them see the error of their ways. And I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. Okay, brother. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Let's go on to Blaine. Blaine in Pennsylvania. 
welcome Hello? to the program. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Hey, uh, you mind if I make a comment about what that last guy Not at all. About? Go for it. Uh, so what he kind of was talking about uh, kind of reminded me of when um, I think it was Moses who uh, was told by the Lord to uh, walk up to a rock and uh, speak to it so yes. that they could have some water. And uh, he actually hit the rock with his rod, uh, disobeying the Lord's, uh, you know, command. So here we have an instance of, you know, um, obviously Moses, a really important character, uh, you know, and truth yes. in history, uh, you know, doing something, you know, like we know all sin is equal, you know, disobeying the Word of God is disobeying the Word of God, and... uh you know, I'm sh- the Lord forgave Moses, I'm sure. I, I agree with you. I mean, believers can do really bad things. Right, and I totally agree with that. Yes. But uh, let me get to what I was calling about. So uh, I'm looking into the, the character of uh, Melchizedek, so I'm, I'm trying to wonder who exactly this character is and who was he to, to be able to bless Abraham. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to try and get some insight on that character. Well, you know, there are different viewpoints of who he is, uh, but when when you think of him as the king of peace or the king of righteousness, that right. really gives insight on who he is. And so I I, I lean toward um, Melchizedek being a uh, pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Okay, and that's before Jesus' time, right? Yeah. Oh, so the, a physical manifestation of the, the Lord on earth. Yes. Again. Yeah, I kind of side with that, too. Uh, I think I appreciate you answering my question, sir. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of debate. You know, we're, we here at Calvary, we're just starting to teach through the book of Hebrews, so we'll eventually get to chapter 7 but uh, and look at some of the various views. But the way that he's described sure does sound like Jesus. Right, it definitely does, and, uh, you know, the, being able to bless Abraham is, a, you know, a skill that I don't think anybody really had uh, up until Leviticus times, as far as my, my research is. Yes. So check this out, that, Blaine. I'm not that far into it. Uh, wh- where are you calling from, Blaine? Like, what city? Uh, ben Salem, Pennsylvania. What city again? Uh, ben Salem. Ben Salem. Yeah. Well, guess what today is, or well, guess what this week is? Uh, fill me in. This is the 52nd week of Calvary Live being on Hope FM. Okay. And so because right. this is such a special week, and you're calling from Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, wherever that is, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's right near Philadelphia. Okay. I'm going to send you something. I'm okay. going to send you a gift. I don't know what it is yet. I'm going to go down, uh, find something on Amazon, some book and I'm going to send you a gift. Is there a book you've ever wanted? Uh, yeah, I've, I, I, you're, you're striking me here. Uh, I, got, I read a quote from somebody that right. said, uh, what is there it? is yet but one book, and that's the Bible, oh. sir. Okay, but uh, besides the Bible, do you read anything besides the Bible? Uh, yes, the U.S. Constitution, sir. <laughs> you can send me one of them. I can send you, okay. Okay, I'll find a Constitution on Amazon, and as a gift for our one-year anniversary on being Hope FM, I'm going to send it to you in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. 
Wow, what a blessing. Thank okay, you. So here's what I need you to do. I'm going to put you on hold, and privately we're going to take your address, and then I'm going to have my assistant Cassandra do her magic in Amazon, and we're going to send you some copy. We're going to see if we can find something really nice for you, and then you could tell all your friends about Hope FM and, and what God's doing through the Bible teaching here, okay? Yes, sir. That's too kind. Hey, praise the Lord. I mean, somebody just texted me. I, I can't keep track of all this stuff, but I see on my call screen, Trent told me this is our one-year anniversary, uh, and we're just so grateful to uh, Pastor Bill Lupkeman, uh and uh, the Calvary Chapel in Marlton that has so graciously allowed us to be on the air with Calvary Live, and, and you just happen to be on from Pennsylvania, so we're going to hook you up with a constitution. Oh, that's too kind, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, I just started listening to Hope FM, but you know uh, I'm definitely going to be uh, listening to you daily. Awesome. Well, let me put you on hold, and Trent will get your info, okay? Yes, sir. All Thank right. you. All right, bro. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm on the air. I'm so sorry. I hit the wrong button. Oh. Sorry, everybody on the air. I'm sorry. Okay, so here's the deal, Blaine. Call back. You might hear this a week later. Email us, but you can't hear us right now because, oh, I am so sorry, guys. He can't hear us. We're not live on, yeah, next week. So, Blaine, if you're listening next week, which is today, but next week, uh, email us at info at calvaryaurora.org. But I hope you call back because, like, I am so sorry. I am exhausted. Uh, and you guys don't have to deal with all that with me, but I am so tired, and uh, I hit the wrong button. What a knucklehead. God's grace is so good to us, but we're going to get this brother. We are going to figure out a way to get this brother his constitution, and we're going to fulfill our word. The Lord, I just pray uh, that you would open up a door for us to connect with Blaine, and uh, I know I, I know it's not a significant thing, uh, in, in the big scheme of all that's going on in the world today. But God, you said that we could come to you. Um, you said that we could come to you with all our requests and that we could come to you and lay everything before you and that you would just overrule my mistake here of hitting the wrong button and connect us with this young man who just started listening to the station, Lord, that you sovereignly brought him to it. And I just pray that you'd open that door and uh, let us bless him with what he uh, what he desires, a copy of the Constitution. So I just pray, God, you'd answer our prayer according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> All right, let's go on to David in Littleton. David, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you today? Good, I how are you doing? Tired. <laughs> I am so tired. I mean, I, at any rate, what can I do for you? Let's go back to getting back on track here. Oh, yeah. It can be tiring, but I know you feel rewarded. And, yes. And we all feel yeah. your your love and your care for everyone. Um, I listened to the show yesterday, and I've been working downtown, and as I left downtown on 20th Street and worked my way over to Broadway, I was just noticing all the different people and humanity and the different and said a couple prayers for people. I mean, because there's such a melting pot of people down there, and then your show yesterday was just it's exactly what I needed to hear. It was all. It just seemed like it was so much about families and people, oh, wow. and their love for the families. That's and, great. And I could feel the prayers of everyone, and, and oh, it's just an incredible thing to pray for others. And I, I was prompted to call my daughter last night, who I haven't spoke to, and I've been so worried about. And oh wow, that's and it great. made a difference. But then, 
today as I'm leaving downtown, I uh, look to my side. I'm on 20th Street, and I there's a man laying next to a bus depot, and he looked like he was dead. I thought, what? what is that? And I yelled at him, and he didn't respond. And So I turned the corner, and by the time I got back there, there was another man standing over him with a phone, and he was obviously calling 911, and I began to do what I could for this man because he was – he was either choked on something. He wasn't really moving much. He was just laying there, and you could tell he he was he needed help. And so I told him, you know, what well, I did what I could with my limited experience when it comes to that. And you know, and I and I and as the sirens are coming, I began to I I grabbed his right hand and I held his hand with my right hand and prayed for him and said, and the man heard me say this prayer and I just said, please help him in his hour of need. And obviously, this man was not a believer. He was good enough to stop and help, but he, after I finished the prayer, I said, help him in his hour of need. He said, hey, if the Lord was here to help, he would have helped him or something like that. And I was more concerned with, you know, the situation at hand than trying to, you know, convince someone of something. All I could tell him was, imagine what this world would be like if there was no God. But then as I drove away, I realized I wasn't there just for that man. It was possibly for that other man. And I, I think we should we should say a prayer for him because he's, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't just for the one man who needed help bad. It was for the other man who didn't believe. Well, why don't you do that? Why don't you pray? I'd said a prayer on the way home, but I would like all your wonderful listeners out there and you to say a prayer also. I even know, okay. and like yesterday, you said, you know his name, Lord. Let's do it. I don't know his name. Okay. Father, we, okay. We, we lift up this man to you and this situation. Grateful for my brother who's got this sensitivity uh, to your spirit and when to stop and when to be available and not to just drive by, um, but but like the Good Samaritan, to stop uh, and render aid and help whatever way he can. And so I just pray for all that are involved and for the first responders and, um, you know, the paramedics and everyone that just deal with this every day, day in and day out, that you would be glorified, God, and that you would have your way in the lives of the people that are a part of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I love your show. You're doing such good work. Hey, thanks for your prayers, bro. Thank you. Bye-bye. Enjoy your evening. Thanks. Hey, so I want to let you know, uh, if you're if you're listening today, uh, you're listening to this broadcast, Blaine, in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, please call us back. I accidentally hit the wrong button and cut you off. And so would you please call us back, because we need to get your information uh, and I'm very, very sorry. It was completely my fault. Um, and I want to I want to take care of you. It's our one-week anniversary of being on Hope FM. And uh, sorry about that. 303-690-3000. I want to take another call here. The texting is full. And I'm sorry, we're probably not going to have time for your texts. I think I'm backed up on 16 or 17 of them, so I'm sorry. Um, but my heart, listening, I'm praying two times now for first responders, but my heart is heavy uh, with the Douglas County Sheriffs uh, for law enforcement. Um, we lost a, a, an officer this week, and, many, and a few others were shot. My son is a cop, so I'm a, I'm a cop dad till I die myself. My heart is for cops. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, my son was, one, was a cop, and he loved his profession. Um, he loved... Uh, running to danger to save and rescue people, and and I just want to. I, I was on I was on vacation. I came back to this news 
Um, I was on vacation where I was unplugged and not available. So I came back to this news and my heart's just aches. So thank you guys, you police officers and, um, you know, sheriff deputies and guys that are gals that are working in the judicial system and the prisons. Thank you guys for your faithfulness. And I know, you know, you might be listening to Grace FM, but you don't really consider yourself religious or you, you don't consider yourself a, even a believer. Um, but, but you have so many of the characteristics that Jesus has. And I know that the profession that you have can harden you. I know it can, it can make you a little bitter, um, a little tired. It's hard dealing with difficulty all the time. And you just deal with the worst of the worst. But hang in there, would you? And if you don't know Jesus Christ, listen, he loves you. And, and he cares for you. And, and just like you would lay your life down for someone, Jesus laid his life down for you. And, and he, he wants you to be in relationship with him. He created you. The reason why you're a police officer and you want to help your community is because God made you that way. And, and I'm just grateful. I know this, uh, this officer uh, was uh, a believer. He served over at Cherry Hills Community and Mission Hills. Uh, and, you know, just... Uh, I read so many great things about him. Um, I didn't get to see the memorial, but I read about the memorial service uh, and just so proud of him, so proud of his wife, such a woman of integrity, um, you know, and, and just just, just really broken this week, you know, and just really concerned about our community. And things are getting darker and darker and, and, and even getting more difficult. Uh, and, and so I know that there's a lot of politicizing of police officers, and, and even in some cases, not all police officers um, maybe make the right decisions all the time, but that's not, that's not the issue. I mean, that, that's, that's true for all of us, and, and we're not going to judge everyone by the, by the, by the, by the bad. We're, we're going we're gonna to hope the best, the Bible says. Love hopes all things and believes all things. Uh, and, and so I just wanted to—I just felt like a, a need right now to speak to you police officers— especially you out on patrolling our streets right now. Maybe you got the radio on in the locker room or you're off duty right now and you're listening to Grace FM, but you don't really want to tell anyone. We have a law enforcement ministry here. I know a lot of churches do, but we have a law enforcement ministry here uh, in, at Calvary Aurora. We have police officers that would love to serve you, pray with you, um, connecting police officers with police officers, because uh, I know it's hard for you to trust people outside of the the law enforcement, and I respect that. Uh, so there are police officers that love Jesus who would love to serve you. Um, but um, thank you for your faithful service. Thank you for putting your uh, life on the line. And, and I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little disjointed a little bit, but I'm trying to find, I want to mention the police officer's name by name, but I'm looking at Fox 31 and 9 News, and it's not on the front page anymore. And I just want to mention the name of the officers, uh, and I want to mention the wife's name and just pray for them. Uh, and so let me see if I can look it up while I'm talking out loud. Now, you guys out on the East Coast, um, you don't know, but here in Colorado, not too far from the church here, um, there was a, a shooting, and uh, one officer was shot as they... Um, as they were going to the, to the call of a domestic um, disturbance. And so we want to acknowledge Zachary Parrish uh, and uh, his wife. I found an article with his name. And um, Lord, we just pray for those that are standing in the gap for law enforcement, troopers, sheriffs, police officers, 
cadets, volunteers. Um, it's been a hard week for them. It's been a hard week for our community. It's been a hard week for the parish family and for the fellowship family of Mission Hills and uh, Cherry Hills Community Church here in Denver. So we just we just pray, God, for your mercy and your comfort uh, to be with those that have lost loved ones, especially the parish family this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, we do have a minute, so let me get to Jeremy. He's been waiting uh, in Kiowa, Colorado. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Uh, let me hit the button. Jeremy, I welcome think, to the program. I think I'm with you now. Yes, you are. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. What's up? <laughs> Not a whole lot. Hey, I had a quick question about spiritual gifts with you. Okay. Um, I've listened to the uh, archive teachings that you have on it, and um, wanted to kind of better understand how I could maybe get a hold of just those that I could study them and maybe try to gather a way to uh, help others with, with assessing that that's maybe just a little bit shorter than listening to um, the, the full-length messages that you have. Um, and then I also wanted to kind of understand, too, how important or how you use those, those understandings and, and trying to help people when they fit into ministry. Well, we don't have really we don't have anything on the first request. You know, we've thought we've thought about um, we've thought about putting that into like a book form or a pamphlet form, but we haven't we haven't really got to that project. It's it's one on many lists. So, I sure. think that the best thing to do is to get those. If you have a friend that can transcribe, I would ask mm-hmm. a friend to transcribe those messages. We don't we don't even have them transcribed yet. So, um, I, I do I do think though. As you, so if I was using them and I don't have any other resource than those Bible studies, um, number one, I would listen to them. And, uh, you know, if I was in your shoes and I'd take good notes, like how I received them, things that stuck out to me. And then I'd have the person that I'm discipling go through them uh, and have them take notes because the, the summary of them, you know, especially the seven in Romans, are so important. Right. Um, and and they, they all, con- they, each study independently is really. A unit that should be listened to it all at once, um, and and so I'd give it to them as homework, and then I'd meet with them weekly to talk about it. And and by the time you know they finish seven, they're going to know what their gift is. But sometimes, even between one or two, they're going to know what their gift is. Right. And yeah, when it comes to putting them into practice, uh, or say somebody says, "I think I have the gift of teaching," um, well, then we want to put them in an environment where they can test that gift, uh, whether. They, you know, if you're, it's one-on-one discipleship, you, then you give a guy a text and say, okay, study this text and come back to me and explain it to me. Uh, and mm. trying to find some, some, um, some tests that would, that would really lead a person down that road. Because to me, the greatest place for discovering spiritual gifts, and I think it's the most important place, is within the body of Christ, within a local church. Okay. Uh, because that's a real controlled environment. Um, you're serving under the leadership of the elders and the pastors uh, of the ministry, and and it's it's something where you can make mistakes and yet be in a safe environment. And some you get immediate feedback on. Because um, I know in my I use the the gift of teaching because our pastor used to say, um, if you think you have the gift of teaching, then open up your home and invite your friends over and start teaching a Bible study. Uh, and if people come back, you probably have the gift of teaching. Uh, right, and that was a simplistic way of saying, "Look, it's going to be evident if you can handle the text, 
And again, it's, you know, I, and so I did that. I opened up my apartment. I passed out flyers, had people come over to the church. And, and that's how the gift of teaching started to be revealed. Um, and, it, and, and it needed to be developed or like gift of mercy. A lot of times people with the gift of mercy are nurses and doctors. Uh, they're in the service industry because they really want to help solve people's problems. Right. And... And so we're coming up on the end of the show, but if I, I know that you've been waiting. Um, I'd love to, uh, we'll be back tomorrow if you want to call at the beginning and we can start dialoguing about what your ideas are and I can help you flesh it out. Okay. But we're coming up on the end of the show today, but I can give you a few ideas and a few things that we use here to get people on the road um, to discovering what their gifts are and how to use them. That'd be great. All right, call back tomorrow and I'll take you first, all right? All right, appreciate it. Okay, bro, see you tomorrow. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we're coming up on the end of the show. I forgot to mention, but I do want to mention real quick here. Uh, we have a pastor's breakfast here at Calvary Aurora, Friday, January 26th at 9 a.m. We're, we're bringing in Pastor Wayne Taylor. Uh, he has been a pastor for 30 plus years at Calvary in Seattle, Washington. Uh, and this is open to any pastor and assistant pastor an elder that's in a pastoral role in your church. It's not just for Calvary. This is an open event to any church in town. Anybody listening, you are invited. You're welcome to our church. We want to serve you. It's a free breakfast, no charge. Calvary Aurora and Grace FM, which is the same entity, is picking up all the costs. And we just want to bless you. We just want to serve you. Uh, We just want to encourage you. That's Friday the 26th. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.